Welcome, friends. You're listening to the Swears and Does Hair podcast for bridal hairstylists and makeup artists looking to take their business to new levels. Here we tackle topics such as mindset, finances, balancing business with motherhood, and healthy strategies to keep your body and mind supporting your business rather than holding it back. I'm your host, Sue Minsky, business coach for bridal hairstylists and creator of the Next Level Bridal Business Program. Thanks for joining me. I can't wait to dig into today's topic, so let's get started. Hi, and welcome back to the Swears and Does Hair podcast. Today, we are going to be talking about how to make the most of your engagement season. Now, if you're unfamiliar with the term, uh, what engagement season means, it's basically the four-month period spanning November through February when 40% of couples who are getting married the following year are going to get engaged. Now, it may seem kind of duh to you because that's when you see all of these ring photos start flooding your social media, but you may not look at it as an opportunity to map out and to plan your business for the following year. So my very first episode, I talked about how to uh, plan for and manage the bridal boom that is coming for 2022. But now let's dial things down. Let's go in a little bit deeper. What can we start doing today to help to optimize that? And that's by taking advantage of this engagement season that is coming up. So I want to share with you today um, all of my best tips and tricks that I talk about um, when it comes to optimizing and preparing so that when all of these people start hitting the marketplace and start shopping for vendors, yours is one of the first ones that they find and then they are more likely to book with you because of what they find when they see you. So the very first thing that I really want you to focus on is your website. Because your website is going to be essentially your gatekeeper. Before anybody makes it into your inbox, you want them to go to your website first. Your website is kind of like your last line of defense to cancel out and to repel unwanted brides. Brides that aren't a good fit for your business. You don't want people who aren't going to respect your policies or respect your prices or who don't actually want your style of hair or your style of makeup or people who aren't going to match well with you on a personal level. You want your energies to always match up and you want people to feel good about booking you. You don't just want to flood your inbox with people who you can sell to. We don't want to be in the business of selling. We want to be in the business of serving. So your website is going to help to filter through all of these people who are hitting that market, all of these inquiries, all of this demand for what we do. We want to make sure that we're matching up with the right people. And your website is going to do that for you. It's going to help you to what's called pre-qualify. It's going to help your bride's go through what you provide and kind of self-actualize and say, can I see myself working with this person? Do I agree with their policies? Can I afford their rates? Do I like their style? Do I like them? So make sure that your website is geared towards answering all of those questions for them. When it comes to your website, 
here's what you can focus on right now. Chances are you have some new brides that you did for 2021. Start working on making sure that you get updated photos from their photographers. If all you had was some behind the scenes stuff and things that you photographed with your phone on the wedding day, follow up with their photographers. Tell them you're getting ready to update your web, uh, website and your social media marketing for the incoming bridal season, and you would love to showcase their work and help them get more exposure. Put it to them of what's in it for them. Why should they give you photos? Why should they give you something for free to help you promote your business? Well, make sure that you're letting them know, here, by helping me, I'm going to help you too. And if they're a smart business person, they're going to understand that already. But it's never bad to make sure that you put it out there and you like literally tell them, hey, here's what's in it for you. Now, if they're an asshole and they're like, no, I'm not giving you photos for free, fuck them. Walk away. Don't worry about it. It does not matter how pretty that bride was. If they don't understand good business, let them screw themselves over. You work on you. You find those other photographers who are willing to reciprocate and make sure that when you post stuff that you're linking back to them um, and that you are making sure you're providing the what's in it for them. And then people down the road are more likely to be like, yes, you are the kind of person who always tags their vendors and you are the kind of person who sends me like-minded brides and refers and helps build my business. I'm happy to give you photos because remember, nobody owes you anything. Nobody owes you any photos, but if you can have a good conversation with that photographer about why they should give you photos they'll probably do that for you. And then you just have to make sure to follow up along with it. So work on getting some of those photos from more recent brides. And then also work on getting reviews because these are two pieces of information that are going to be very important when your bride is researching you. She gets the ring on her finger and she gets excited. She wants to move forward as quickly as possible and start doing all the things right away when she's in this happy, excited mood. She hasn't gotten burnt out by the overwhelming amount of information that she's seeing and the uh, overwhelming amount of things on her to-do list. If you've ever talked to a bride who's about three quarters of the way through her planning process, by the time you sit down for her with her trial, usually she's like, oh my God, I kind of just want this to be over And she doesn't have that same excitement and that same energy level as she did when she first got that sparkly ring and she had, you know, the diamonds in her eyes of this is going to be so much fun. This is going to be so much amazing. She doesn't really quite understand how much work is set out there before her. So when we can capture that energy level at the very beginning, effectively by providing her with all of these little pieces of subtle information on why she should choose you, the more likely she is to move forward with you sooner in the process while she still has that excitement, while she still has that energy, while she's still ready to whip out that credit card and sign on the dotted line. So getting those pieces of information and understanding what those pieces of information are and how they affect your bride's mindset is going to be really important right now with making a strategic plan for your engagement season. So we got her photos. All right, what are we going to do with them? We're going to put them up on our website. Make sure, again, you're linking to the photographer. Make sure that those photos are very relevant to the styles that you want to continue to do for next year. 
if you hate doing half updos, like I don't know about you, but me as a hairstylist, like I fucking hate half updos. To me, they're just so boring. All of the detail is really towards the back and you're working with essentially half of a head's worth of hair. There's only so much that you can do. And so I just find them very, I don't know, very boring. And maybe that's just my creative thing. I would much rather do an updo because I feel like I have so many more opportunities to really customize it and personalize it and detail it and all of those things or a big boho braid. Some people are more of like that sleek, classic kind of uh, a modern updo or a, a modern textured updo or some people are just really phenomenal at taking these half updos and just knocking them out of the park. I don't ever really promote half updos. You're really not going to find it on my social media. You're not going to find it on my website. You're going to find pictures of updos and boho styles and boho braids, things like that. You're not going to find the vintage waves really anywhere. You're not going to find the um, all down and kind of like boho beachy waves. I don't promote that because that's not what I want more of. So when you're going through and you're looking at getting these photos and, and putting them out there on your website and on your social media, I want you to pre-qualify through the mind of your bride. Is this the style that she's going to be looking for? And is this a style that you want to do more of? If you put more updos and a bride sees all of these beautiful updos on your website, she's going to say, all right, that's what I want. I know this person is capable of doing it. I see it everywhere and I see variety. And so I know that I can find something with this person to match what I'm looking for. If she's looking for vintage waves and all you have is updos, she's probably not going to really highly consider you because you're not giving her what she's looking for. And then you're not going to get as many of those vintage waves people. And that's great if that's not what you want to do. So pre-qualify through the mind of your bride and through the mind of what you want to do creatively before you post a photo. It is much better to have a smaller number of amazing photos that are highly targeted towards your dream bride than it is to just have a bunch of photos. Brides don't understand that all hairstylists can't do everything. They think that somehow we just walk out of hair school being amazing at everything. And if they want this particular haircut, they can show us a photo and we can figure it out. We can copy it. They show us an updo and we can figure it out. We can copy it. They show us a color and we can figure it out. We can copy it when it might not be our jam. It might not be our thing. Like I'm, I, I don't like the half up dudes, but I also don't like cutting hair. You are not the kind of person who wants to sit down in front of me and hand me a pair of shears and be like, Hey, give me this really in shag. Cause I'm going to give you a mullet. Like I am just not that skilled at it. The very first day of cutting class in hair school, I snipped part of my knuckle off and I was like, well, fuck it, that's it, not going to be my thing. And I don't know if I kind of can't keep myself up on that and it was just like, I'm never going to be good at this, but um, it's not my thing. It's not where I find joy. So it's not where I put a lot of effort. Updo's has always been where I find joy. It's where I put a lot of my effort. And so my friends who are not in the bridal industry or not in the hair industry don't understand that just because I'm a hairstylist doesn't mean that I can't just do whatever. 
So it's going to be subconscious in your bride's mind that you can kind of do whatever so that you're able to take care of her bridal party. But she's really going to be most drawn to what can you do for her. So you don't have to worry quite so much about showcasing your range and all of this variety on your platforms like your social media and your website. Focus on what you do the best and what you want to do more of and choose your best photos to put it on there. When you get new photos for your website, if you have 50 photos, that's a lot. That's going to be really overwhelming. Pick your top 20 to 30 photos and really don't go past that. People don't want to sit there for hours looking through it. It's much faster and easier for them to just scroll with their thumb through a ton of photos on your Instagram. So if you want to have anything and everything, put it on your Instagram. That's fine. But don't overwhelm your website with so many photos because it's going to make your website load a lot slower. We want fast. We want easy for our brides. If they get too frustrated with any piece of your marketing, if they can't open things, if they can't get things to load, if they can't get the information that they want within a few seconds, they're going to give up and they're going to move on to your competitors. And if they don't get what they find there, they'll move on to more competitors and so on and so forth until they find somebody who gives them what they're looking for quickly and easily. So if you want them to stay with you on your website, make sure you're giving that to them quickly and easily. Don't overload them with too many images on your website. Same thing with your reviews. Start reaching out to brides. If there's anybody who hasn't given you a review yet, go ahead and ask them. Reach out to them. Send them a personalized email. Don't just send out an automated thing. So I know if you're like an advertiser on the knot or wedding wire or whatever, they have these little quick buttons. You type in your bride's name and her email address and you click send and it will send them this automated little script. Don't use that. Brides know and they can tell because all of their vendors are sending them the same script. Show them that you value them and you have enough um, respect for them to take 10 seconds and type them up their own email, they'll be more likely to spend 30 seconds to write you a review. You have to show them that you're willing to put in the time and the effort on your end if you want them to put the time and the effort in on their end. So send them a personalized email and mention something about the wedding day and just be like, hey, you know, it was really awesome working with you on your wedding. I see you haven't Um, left a review for my services yet, it would really mean a lot to me if you could take a few moments. Here's a quick and easy link that you can use to go and put one on the knot, wedding wire, my Google listing, et cetera, et cetera. Make it quick, make it easy for them. And just let them know, hey, if you feel like leaving reviews in multiple places, feel free to copy and paste. You don't have to write something specific for each one. The more places you leave a review, the more it helps my business grow, et cetera, et cetera. So taking those reviews, once you get them, well, what do you do with them? Do you just let them sit there on the knot or on the wedding wire? Or do you turn around and make those reviews 
work for you. Now is a great time to start flooding your social media with screenshots and beautifully branded um, testimonials for what your brides are saying about you and about your services. Because remember, we want to catch these new brides when they have those diamonds on their fingers and the diamonds in their eyes. They are looking at all the sparkly, shiny things, and those five-star reviews are going to give that social proof of you are worth it. You are somebody who is worth putting the investment into. So while they're happy and while they're excited, catch their attention and show them these beautiful, sparkly things, these five-star reviews. Now, the vast majority of brides use social media to look for wedding vendors. It's super easy to find people who match their aesthetic for their wedding. Social media is very image heavy. So make sure you have your most recent images front and center. And like I said, make sure that they're highly targeted to what you want more of. Even if you haven't really done very many weddings, you can take each booking you have and use the content in multiple different ways. You can use still images, professional images, things that you took on your phone behind the scenes, videos, reels. You can create um, behind the scenes of what the experience of working with you is like, what your experience is as a professional, what it looks like behind the scenes of packing your kit and getting ready, uh, putting together your touch-up kits, uh, cleaning your brushes, all of those different types of content are ways of building what the experience is like for your brides in different ways. If looking at your Instagram, it is nothing but hair photos or nothing but makeup photos, it's going to get boring and old really quickly. You have to be able to break things up. So you have to get creative about what you're putting out there. And this is really great for people who don't have a whole lot of professional photos back from uh, weddings yet, or somebody who hasn't really been in the business for a super long time and they're still starting to build things. So if you can creatively manipulate your feed and be like, here's a little bit of this, a little bit of that, keep it appealing and keep it interesting, then your brides are more likely to stick around and continue to consume more and more of your content because they're going to see, oh, this is cool. This is pretty. I like this. What does she have to say about that? So don't focus so much on just, okay, well, I have to get all these photos back and then that's all I'm going to post for the next three to four months. I'm just going to post all of these things because let's face it, not everybody does a whole ton of weddings in November, December, January, February. For a large majority of the country, it is too cold and weddings aren't very, um, it's, it's not very busy. Like it's just not a lot, of, not a lot of people get married around those times of year. So people are more in wedding planning mode than in getting married mode. So you may not have a lot of like super current stuff. That's fine. You want to be able to break things up anyways and showcase all of the features and all of the different things that you do, not just the hair and not just the makeup. Before you post anything though, I want you to make sure the images you share are high quality and showcase your work appropriately. 
make sure that there wasn't um, a dirty or a smudged camera lens, okay? We don't want the photos to be blurry at all. Uh, we don't want any glare or anything that's a backlit image. If you're not familiar with what a backlit image is, it's where the light source is standing behind the person. So when you take a photo, your camera is focusing on the light and you just get this really bright blown out look in the back and then the person themselves is dark. Make sure when you're taking photos that you turn them around so that the light source is in front of them and coming over your shoulder and hitting your subject. You want that subject to be lit up, not your background to be lit up. So if you have images that don't make the cut, go ahead and get rid of them now. You don't want to put those on your portfolio and you don't want to put those on your Instagram feed because they're not going to help your business. When people are looking, they're going to make a snap judgment about the quality of your work. So the quality of your images plays a big part in people's first impressions of you. You also want to make sure that there's no messy or distracting backgrounds. I see this mistake all of the time. And now inside my course, Next Level Bridal Business, there is a whole module about portfolio building and about how to take better photos. I have a full guide on photos that sell. Okay. So there's so much information when it comes to taking good photos and what should make the cut and what should not. And then what to do with photos that don't make the cut. But the biggest problem I see all the time is messy and distracting backgrounds. Like if I were to go through your Instagram right now and I were to audit it and I were to take a look at your photos, how many photos would I have to say, oh, no, 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 let's get rid of this. I want you to do that for yourself. I want you to do an audit of your social media and I want you to take a look at the backgrounds. Do we see purses and bags and shoes and robes and... Uh, your open kit? Uh, do we see champagne glasses and bottles and food? Do we see other people's feet as they're walking by? Do we see all these clothes and pillows and blankets piled up on a bed? What kinds of things are in the background of the photos? I know we don't always have this beautiful, clean, pristine situation where we're doing the hair or where we're doing the makeup. But before you take somebody's photo, have them stand up and walk them around. Take that very first second. It'll take an extra two, three minutes to find where the best space in the room is to take the photos. And then after that, all you have to do is take every single bridal party member and your bride to that one space. You've already scoped it out. You've already picked it out. When you're setting up, you should definitely be looking for one of the best lit places in the room so that you can see your work, but that's also going to turn around and help you when it comes time to photographing your work. If you can set things up at the very beginning so that you don't have clutter in the background, that'll make things so much easier for you when it comes time to take a photo because you're not having to worry. You already have them positioned where your backdrop is going to be a nice, clean setup, where there's going to just be some maybe light furniture scattered throughout that you can blur out in portrait mode, or you can edit out the, like, the Facetune app to blur the background. Never be blurring your work. Don't be filtering shit. Don't be misrepresenting what you do. Skin has texture. People don't want to look plastic. 
Like, don't, don't do that shit. But you can blur the background so that the subject pops. The subject is crystal clear in focus and everything in the background is blurred out. Sometimes that's not going to be possible. And there are editing apps where you can edit out a distracting piece in the background. So say somebody was walking by and there's a foot. You can edit those things out usually pretty easily with a couple of different editing apps. Or if there was like a red solo cup and it's just really distracting for that one solo cup because it's bright red to be sitting there in the background, you can usually edit that out pretty easily. Or feel free to crop your image in, however is going to be the least distracting. You want people to be looking at the hair or be looking at the makeup, not all the crap that's going on in the background. So if you're not sure what to talk about in your posts, there's a whole bunch of different topics that you can choose from. While things are slow right now, make your life easier for yourself next year when it comes to posting your social media. Don't try and reinvent the wheel. Don't try and write a whole brand new brilliant caption for every image that you post. Put together a little caption bank. Think of all the different topics that you could possibly talk about and create five or six different general captions relating to that topic and save them somewhere on your phone or on your computer where you can easily copy and paste and post that with a photo in the future. But right now, while you're really trying to showcase your work, now is a great time to start testing those captions and see how well they work for you. If it's something that gets you a really good engagement, gets a lot of people to like it, or to share it, or to save it, definitely find some way of highlighting that and marking that off for yourself that, hey, this was great. This did really well for me. Let's do this one again. And two, three months from now, reuse that caption. Now, while you have the downtime and you're not being pulled in a million different directions, create that for yourself. So during your busy season next year, you have a fallback where you're just like, you know what? I need to talk about the booking process. Let me look up some captions about what the booking process looks like. It's also a great time to start focusing on what the booking process looks like for brides getting married in different times of the year. Because everybody's getting engaged right now, but not everybody's getting married right away. Some people might be getting married in the spring or the following spring. Some people might be getting married in summer, fall, or the following winter. Let them know, okay, hey, if you're a spring bride for 2022, right now it's going to be more difficult to find uh, an available hairstylist or makeup artist because we booked this current year or this past year, depending on when you go ahead and post this. You might want to let them know, I may still have some availability, or no, I'm completely booked. But if you're getting married in spring of 2023, now is a great time to actually reach out and get all of the process started. So you can spend the next year enjoying being engaged rather than worrying about your to-do list overcome their fears of being overwhelmed with the booking process. Let them know what to expect, when to expect it, and how easy you're going to make that process for them. 
you're not talking anything about price. You're not talking anything about the hair or the makeup or any of those other things that you do, but you're showcasing the value and choosing you over somebody else. And it's a very subconscious, very easy, subtle way to sell to these brides because what bride isn't worried about becoming overwhelmed with the booking process of trying to manage and trying to figure out when to book things? Give that information to them quick and easy at the beginning. Hey, if you're getting married in the spring, here's the best practices for when you should be booking your hair and makeup artists. Here's when you should be thinking about your trial. Here's when you should be thinking about your timeline, et cetera, et cetera. Then a week or two later, maybe be like, hey, uh, I got such a great response on everybody for spring weddings. If you're getting married in the summer, here's what you guys need to know. A couple days later, do the same thing for the fall. Hey, brides who are getting married in the fall, here's what you need to know. If you live in a part of the country like I do where fall weddings are the thing, like everybody gets married in fucking fall, like September, October are batshit for us, okay? We book October weddings and September weddings in like July and August of the year previously. Those are like 12, 14, 16, 18 months in advance. Those dates are pretty much gone because so many people get married in the fall here. Somebody getting married or getting engaged, excuse me, in November or December isn't necessarily going to know that. They're not going to realize, oh crap, I'm already five or six months behind the curve. We just want to get married in the fall because it's so pretty with the foliage. Well, hate to break it to you, brides, you're probably going to be scrambling for vendors now. However, if you're getting married in the following fall, get on it now. Don't wait. By the end of this summer, next fall's weddings are all going to be booked. Give people realistic expectations because even if they don't book with you, it's still going to be providing something highly important and highly valuable to them. And they're going to be really super thankful that they knew that and that somebody didn't wait to just be like, no, I'm sorry, I'm already booked. That somebody out there was like, hey, this is what you need to know. This is what you need to expect. I hear bridal artists all the time complaining about, well, these brides, they don't have realistic expectations. What are people in the industry doing to set those realistic expectations? It sure as shit ain't anybody writing articles for The Knot or Wedding Wire. I don't think anybody there has ever even fucking been married before. They don't work in the bridal industry. They don't know what it takes. They're writing the worst bullshit articles for these brides who also don't know what's going on. They don't know what to expect. They're coming to you with all of this misinformation. It's our job and it's our responsibility collectively as the people actually doing the work, actually working with the brides to set these expectations. And you can do that very, very easily through your social media captions. You can provide guides. You can create a whole series of posts on booking timelines, when they should book, when they should do trials, when they should set their timelines, when they should set their schedules for the day of, who should be involved, who should be writing what, who should be in charge of determining who does what and when. Let these brides know what to expect. And even if they're not booking you, they're going to keep coming back and they're going to keep reading what you write because it is not only highly valuable, 
it's incredibly relevant because it's somebody who's working in that industry providing that information. You're going to become their new resource. And then when they have a friend who's getting married, they're going to be like, oh, you should follow this person. She gives so much good booking information and planning information and other relevant wedding and beauty related information. So if you're struggling with what to write about, don't just focus on what it is a photo of. Focus on what information will my bride need to feel comfortable with booking me or be able to book me because I'm still available at this point. What information do I want people to know right off the bat? What information do I wish they had when they were first engaged? Because now is when you want to capture their uh, their attention and give this information to them. So your captions and your content should be highly geared toward focusing on where the majority of people coming to your page are at right now and their planning process. Throughout the year, as we get closer to the wedding dates and weddings actually happening, you can start to shift your content. You can start to shift. These are where people are in the planning process right now. There's not as many people who are getting freshly engaged. There are people who have already started to reach out to vendors. So let me shift the tone and let me shift what my content is geared towards to a little bit further in the planning process. And then as you go through the year, again, get highly down, more detailed. And then next thing you know, you're right back into the engagement season and we can cycle through the content. A year later, Nobody's going to remember that caption. Again, we don't need to reinvent the wheel. Plan out your year's worth, your your next quarter's worth. What kind of content, what kind of information do people need to know right now? What's going to be highly relevant? Is it something that's going to be highly relevant only in January 2022? Okay, that's not something I'm going to recycle. But if it's something that's going to continue to come up every January, every February, well, guess what? You're now planning ahead for next January or next February. And you can see what works this year and then take that and be like, definitely got to use that again next year. So think about your engagement season as setting up your success for not only this year, but setting up your success for the following years. And then lastly, I want you to go through and just do a quick audit of everything that you have online, your full digital footprint. And your digital footprint is going to include your website, your Instagram, um, your Pinterest, your Facebook, everything. Make sure that you have your website everywhere and links to your website because everything that's not your website is going to be the sparkly stuff. It is going to be what grabs the attention and draws people in. And you want to have a place to draw them to. You want to draw them to your website. And then your website is going to be that gate that we talked about earlier. It's going to be what pre-qualifies your brides of, do you make it to my inbox? Okay. And so we want to make sure that all of our links are working. Everything leads back to that website because we want the website to do the heavy lifting for us. We want to get their attention. We want to 
drive home the value. We want to drive home why we're the expert. We want to drive home why we are the best choice for them to choose. And then when they get to our website, that's when they're going to see our pricing and our policies and decide, okay, does all of this align with my expectations? Yes, I'm going to reach out and I'm going to inquire if they're still available. That should be their biggest question by the time they make it to your inbox. Not, what do you charge? What's the booking process like? Do I like you? Do I like your work? None of that should be a question in their mind by the time they make it to your inquiry form. Their only concern should be, are you available for my wedding date? Okay, that whole like concept of they're really, they're interviewing you. I love it and I hate it because it shouldn't become an interview at that point. If you have a well-oiled marketing machine that is set up and doing all of that work behind you, they're interviewing you digitally without you having to be present, without you having to waste man hours. There are 24 hours in a day. That's it. That's all we get. The most successful people and the least successful people. We all have an equal amount of time. The thing that separates the unsuccessful from the super successful is how we use that time. Do we use that time to sit there and try and sell to people? Or do we use that time to optimize the things that are going to sell for us while we're sleeping, while we're having girls night, while we're getting a pedicure or a massage, or while we're sitting on the couch watching our favorite Netflix show? All of those things for a very successful business are working behind the scenes. They don't require the you factor. The you factor comes on the wedding day, on the service side of things. Okay, we want to put as much into that automated, that machine as we can. And the things that we can't put into the machine, those things that are going to require us, our hands, our time, our voice, Those are the kinds of things where we put our energy in person, okay? All those other things are going to be, do you make it to this point? Do you get my time? You are kind of using that kind of almost like to interview them instead of saying, okay, you interview me. Do I make the cut? You kind of want all of those other things in the background of your business to be running and being like, do you make the cut? Do you, bride, get to have some of my time? Because my time is very valuable. My time is very important. My time is not infinite. My time is finite. I only have 24 hours. Am I going to share some of that with you? Okay, so your, your website is doing all of that. All of your marketing, all of your social media. Everything is getting to that point of the two of you deciding mutually whether this is going to be a good relationship, whether or not this is going to work. And if you've put the time and invested into setting things up to create this machine for yourself now, before engagement season really kind of hits, boom, you're golden. Then when 2022 rolls around, you can spend all of your energy on serving your brides in person, on creating 
amazing, memorable experiences for them on their wedding days and at their trial, wowing them with your skills as a hairstylist, wowing them with your skills as a makeup artist, because you've already put in the hard work behind it. You've already built your sales machine. That's doing the selling for you. You don't have to actively worry about selling. You can you know, raise your rates whenever you want to because your time is now more valuable. valuable. You have more demand on your time, so now the value of your time goes up. That's when you raise your rates. You don't raise your rates because your rent is more expensive or because bobby pins are more expensive or any of these other things. You raise your rates when there's a demand on your time that you cannot fill. There's more demand for your time. Sorry, your time's more expensive. Your rates go up. Okay, so you've built this machine and it's selling for you and it's telling your brides, this person is worth what she charges. And if that does not speak to them, if there's that disconnect, that's when you're going to get the people who are still reaching out saying, I really love your work, but I can't afford you. Is there any way that you can give me a discount? Or they're going to say, I really like your work. What's your booking process like? Well, when should I book? What do you charge? Well, what if I do this? Well, what if I just get... um, a basic makeup look. What? Well, what if? What if I don't have false lashes? Well, what if I? And they'll try and chip away at the price because you haven't spent the time and you haven't invested in building the value of what you provide. You've just approached a price, and a price and a value are two completely different things. So work on putting the effort and the time and the energy into building your machine in the next few months, and then it will be set up and it will be ready to go. And like we've already talked about, it'll be ready to go for you for years down the road. All you have to do is continue to raise your prices and set more boundaries on when and how much you want to work. And everything else is going to be automated and working in the background for you. You'll just have to kind of spend that November time, December time, every year refreshing things going, okay, what new photos and reviews and topics and pieces of information do I want them to have at the outset? What new value can I provide for next year's brides? And it'll take you just a little bit of time to map it all out and boom, you plug it right into the machine and the machine keeps building your business for you. Now, for more information on exactly how to do all of these things, I would love to invite you to join me inside of my signature course, Next Level Bridal Business 2.0. It's getting ready to be the 3.0 version coming out in January or February or so. Sometime in the beginning of 2022, I'm in the process of going through and updating a bunch of the modules with more current information, specifically geared towards Instagram because social media has gone through a lot of changes in 2021 as uh, consumer buying habits have changed. And then also as it pertains to um features like stories, reels, lives, guides, and highlights. I think so many people focus on the feed 
rather than um, all these other little features. And then as each new feature comes out with Instagram, they kind of feel overwhelmed because they're like, well, I finally get my feed looking how I like and it's working for me. And now here's something new that I need to learn. Whereas it's just another opportunity to continue to grow and build the know, like, and trust factor with your audience and to continue to build value uh, inside of your marketing platform rather than relying so highly on your website to finish up that sales process for you. So if people are finding you on Instagram and then they're going to your website, the more primed they are to be in the buying mindset by the time they hit your website, the less work your website has to do. So if you get your website completely built out first to be the back end of your sales machine and to be that final step, that final sales push for you, um, with your Instagram, you're constantly on a very regular and consistent basis updating that and adding to that. So you're really just building up all of this momentum um, that can kind of just crash through that final gate in your website. So that is what is coming up for the program. It's already um, built out for you so that you know exactly how to identify who your dream clients are and then put together this marketing program between your Instagram, your website, setting the right prices, um, putting together a contract, and then building up a referral network, how to get more photos, how to get more referrals, how to get more reviews, all of these other things, all of these little pieces and all these little details that you put together to build this sales machine. That's what I go into in the course. That is what I teach you. There's not, um, you know, hacks. There's not get rich quick things. There's a little bit on mindset, but that's not the focus. You need these pieces that you put together to build your machine with. You know, it's not, here's a blueprint, um, go out and just do the thing. You still need to know what the hell to put together and what pieces you need to put together. It's like going to Ikea and just being like, well, here's the directions, go find the pieces. That's not very helpful. You can have all of the momentum and all of the mindset in the world, but if you don't know what pieces you need and how to find them, you're never gonna be able to build that cabinet. So the course is built together of, here's what the pieces that you need are, here's how to find them, and then here's how to put those together. So um, I would love to see you inside the course. Um, now is a perfect time to join us and start spending this kind of downtime during the engagement season when you're not busy um, doing weddings all of the time, getting all of these pieces gathered, put together so that by the time engagement season is over and all of these people really start looking for their vendors with the mindset of, okay, now it's time to buy. Now it's time to sign the contracts, especially in like April when people have their refund checks and they are ready to go ahead and sign some contracts.
you want your business to be set up and ready to go. So now is the perfect time to join us inside the course. Um, if you haven't already, I highly recommend watching my free masterclass. That will give you some more deeper insight into the process, how I teach and what I teach. Because this program is not for everybody. I'm not trying to be out there and teach everybody this method just like with what I teach inside my course. I have a very specific set of students that I feel would benefit the best from this. So if you're interested in the course, I highly recommend watching uh, the training to get an idea to see if this would be a good fit for you. Uh, and if you have any specific questions on saying, hey, am I the right fit, um, send me a DM on Instagram. My handle is at beautybizcollective, that's B-I-Z. So Beauty Biz Collective, send me a DM. I'd be more than happy to walk you through um, exactly what this course goes over and how that can help you. Uh, or if you're just interested in doing a one-on-one -on -one coaching and saying, hey, I don't need the full course, but I would love to pick your brain for my specific business. What are the action steps that you recommend for me during this engagement season, during this downtime? Um, I can do social media reviews, website reviews, those types of things, and kind of give you your specific game plan to be like, hey, here's what I would focus on over the next few months to get you primed for um, all of these influx of engagement season and then that bridal boom for 2022. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope you got a lot of information. If um, you have any questions about anything, like I said, send me a DM uh, on Instagram or visit my website, www.swearsanddoeshair.com for more information and more resources to help you grow your bridal business. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you feel empowered, knowledgeable, and capable of handling anything that your business throws your way. Don't forget to subscribe to get access to new episodes as they are released each week on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Love today's episode? Let me know. Leave me a review and tell me what your biggest takeaway was from the conversation. Have a request for a future topic or someone you'd like to hear me interview? Find me on Instagram at beautybizcollective and drop me a DM. And if you're hungry for more actionable content to help you grow your bridal business, go to www.swearsanddoeshair.com slash bookmorebrides to sign up for my free on-demand training and learn how to book better quality brides faster, easier, and with less stress.